You're listening to The Big Interview Show. That's right. You are listening to The Big Interview Show with me, Jeremiah, right here on 94.5 The Crossroads. Glad to be back with you here on this edition of The Big Interview Show. Had to be absent last week. And for for those of you that may be wondering, uh, the interview that was scheduled last week with Lucas Waters will be rescheduled soon, and I will announce that air date soon. Today, though, I have a very special guest on this edition of The Big Interview Show. I am here with Jordan Gunther, the Admissions Social Media Coordinator at the University of the Cumberlands. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, social media, a little bit about uh, orientation weekend coming up this weekend. Talk also a little bit about her upcoming trip to Kenya and lots more. Glad to have you here on the show, Jordan. Hi, Jeremiah. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for being here. I'm pretty excited to be here, actually. It's nice to sit on the other side of the table. Yeah, I know that's that's got to be weird because you're always here on the other side of uh, the room and you're usually working all the, mm-hmm. the soundboard and now you're just on the other side of the table with a microphone. Yeah, I get to just kind of chill and talk and relax. It's nice. Maybe I'll teach Haley how to do the board so that I can just stay on here at the side more often. It is a really different experience just to sit there and be like, oh, they're going to manage the time and they're going to hit the CD player and they're going to raise the levels mm-hmm. and and uh, deal with phone calls and yeah, you just talk in the microphone. I just get so. to talk. It's my great. favorite thing to do, obviously. <laughs> well, uh, if you have a question for Jordan Gunther, you can contact me via the Big Interview Show Facebook page. If you have something that you want me to ask her, you can do that over the course of the next uh, 45 minutes or so. And uh, like I said, we're going to talk to you about a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's start with your job title because I think a lot of people know that that's your title, but a lot of people don't really know what you do. Uh, it's <laughs> Yeah. Sure sounds impressive, though. You are the admissions social media coordinator. Um, what is that? What do you do? <laughs> okay. Um, essentially, you know, when the position was first put together, they were looking for somebody to manage um, their Facebook page, kind of give us a social media presence, uh, manage the content that's um, strictly for prospective students because, you know, we have a social media coordinator that handles the primary um, social media channels uh, for, the, for the university. So, um and that was the orig- original in- intent. Um, what that's kind of morphed into actually over the last year and a half, I started working here in um, January 2012. Yeah, 2012. <laughs> Keep sure. getting lost. Um, it is that it's more of a, almost like a digital media coordinator because I okay. do, I started to do a lot of um, graphic design and I still do some video projects here and there. Um, a lot of, uh, <laughs> A lot of fielding phone calls from marketing people <laughs> or uh, salespeople that are trying to um, sell us different uh, products. Um, and I also work with all of our, the majority of our um, uh, partners that handle, you know, either name buys or, um, you know, all those college search websites that are out there, right. what content we have that's out there, who's running those. So I manage a lot of that. Um, basically, if it's on the Internet and it has to do with recruiting students, then I've probably got a hand in it in some way or another. So um, it's a lot of fun. It allows for a lot of um, 
freedom to just kind of experiment yeah. and uh, see what's working, what what is not working, what our student, where our students are on the internet, and what they're doing. So um, it's like a digital recruiting kind of position mm-hmm. uh, where I work with like Zinch and um, College Week Live and some of these other um, products that students are currently using to find their college. So just to make sure that we have a we have a presence there. Um, it's turned into a full time job that I don't think we expected yeah. needing, but now has become. Um, <coughs> something that is a por- an important part of our process. So I also help with email marketing and um, lately have gotten the chance to design some some print ads and some print pieces, oh, cool. which has been really fun. Um, so yeah, a little bit of everything, which which works for me um, on the whole. Yeah. Cool. Well, you mentioned, you know, figuring out what's working and what mm-hmm. isn't working. Um, what would you say really is working at least so far. I know things change and change quickly, but yeah, yeah. Um, as, from a recruiting standpoint, I guess I should say. From a recruiting standpoint, um, one thing that we have seen now, this is my first full cycle seeing right. a student group because I came in in January, so I saw um, last year's freshman class just from like January until they mm-hmm. got to school here, and so this is the first year that I've seen them from la- August last year all the way into August of this year. Okay. So it's my first full cycle, and um, one thing that is really that we saw kind of picking up with the other group, but has really been strong with this one, is a Facebook group for the students. And I know it's become, like over the last year and a half since mm-hmm. they made their Facebook groups for schools, um, and then they we started a Facebook group for our prospective students, they have picked up on this so much. They're exchanging phone numbers. They are finding roommates. They are matching their shirts for orientation so they can find each other that's, and be bestest best, a, best friends. Um, they are asking questions. A lot of times they will post their questions on there for their peers to answer yeah. um, before they ever contact their counselor. So it's, which is both a positive and a negative. But, but you're seeing them. Right. Through the Facebook group that's uh, right. whatever and this class is, class of. Yeah, right now it's the class of 2017 is this group that that's coming That sounds so futuristic in. to me. It really does. 2017. Um, I can't wait for the class of 2018. Um, but yeah, so they, and the way we kind of handle that is really, I'm the only, myself and my work study, who's a going to be a sophomore this fall, mm-hmm. um, are really the only official presence on that Facebook group. And so it is a place where they can feel comfortable to just kind of talk it out and see, um, you know, meet with other people, look for other people that are playing the same team or interested in, they're all interested in band or they're all doing the same thing. So it's kind of made a place for them to have a community before they even get to campus. And so we're hoping that fostering that sense early on helps them once they get here to, um, get involved early and, um, well, improve retention and, yeah. and not drop out after their first semester freshman year. So um, if they've already been friends with these people for a year, then we're mm-hmm. hoping that that will help. Um, I think that's a cool idea because I just, you know, think back to, to when I was a college student and you get your, your phone number of your roommate. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much it unless you know somebody that's going there. I mean, you got, you know, you got whoever was there the day you took your tour. Yeah. You've got an admissions weekend where you might be able to make some fast friends. But to be able to, to meet a lot of people, that's a really smart idea. Right. Usually they don't get the chance until orientation weekend. I mean, even for my class, when I came in in 2008, like I met my roommate at orientation. Yeah. And that was the first time I had, I'd been on campus once before for a visit. That was my second time on campus ever. And so we have a lot of the same situations with students. And I think this, and and this is just me theorizing. I feel like these students are way more concerned 
and fearful, or at least more willing to express the fact that they're scared and nervous. I've had a couple that are that say, you know, oh, I'm with a sophomore. I don't. I'm. I feel like I'm going to be really awkward. I don't. I don't know if I want a sophomore roommate. And I'm like, man, that's awesome. You want a sophomore roommate because they're going to be able to help you and give you good advice. Like, there's so there's so much good to be found in that, but they're they're just scared. I don't know if that's a result of like hover parents or um Hmm. what whatever but um I don't know maybe maybe it's just because they have an avenue to express those feelings whereas they haven't before um but it's been very interesting and it's allowed us to kind of tackle some uh potential crises before they ever become realized whether it's a a mistaken paperwork or somebody starts saying the wrong thing like it's it's allowed us to tackle some problems before they ever become problems yeah. which is nice because um, they're, they're, let's say hypothetically you know they're, they're posting false information then you can right. go in and say that's not true here's what the university really says i work here exactly um, and that's that's got to help too to actually mm-hmm. have some authority in, in the midst of you know i think it's important for, obviously for them to have their freedom mm-hmm. in that facebook group but you know to be able to be there and kind of monitor it and help people right and they, a good thing. ideally they don't feel like they're being monitored right. because I don't I don't want them to feel like it's like oh I'll squish the thumb down on them you know what I mean <laughs> right. um, but it's Censored. it's there as as just kind of a help and I always try to give their questions a full twelve to sixteen hours for somebody else to try to answer it before I jump in and say something unless the information's wrong and I think that's a a tactic that has worked really well um, and and fosters that sense of relying on each other. Um, and I think it's important. So we'll see how they handle it at orientation. I know they're all yeah. super pumped. We have a huge group coming in on Saturday. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, when it comes to orientation weekend, obviously there's one this weekend and there's one coming up a little bit later this summer. Yeah. Um, what are your responsibilities for that? And then, uh, especially since I think admissions is a very thankless job for all the people that work there <laughs> because, uh, you know, Without people bringing students to campus, the rest of us wouldn't be able to do anything. We wouldn't have jobs. But what are your responsibilities like uh, for an orientation weekend? And then what's kind of the rest of the crew over there? What's their responsibility on an orientation weekend? Yeah, a new student orientation is um, primarily led by student services. They handle... um, everything that goes on from the different parent panels to the the student um events that are going on um and i know but we also have a committee that also has members um, lisa bartram from cab is on mm-hmm. that committee there are several people from admissions including myself that are also on that committee and um just kind of make sure we stay on the same page and because it really is it's that merging point where the the future students become current students mm-hmm. and we want to make sure we because there are babies right now and soon we're going to pass them over to student services and then we have to forget about them and let them go do their thing on campus while we bring in this whole new class. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's a great opportunity for the different departments to work together. Um, And so I'm, like I said, I'm on that committee along with one of the other counselors. And um, really we've been doing just a lot of brainstorming um, over the last few over the last few um, months for the different activities that we're going to be doing. We recently changed the, um, last year we made a pretty big significant change in the style of what the students did. And we turned it into um, more, well, 
called gamification is probably what the technical term for it is. That's a good term. Um, I like it. It's really, it's a really big term right now in some marketing gamification. circles. Gamification. Gamification. Okay. Yeah. Um, we, we can talk about that later. Um, it's so cool though. Uh, but anyway, so we basically took the information that they need to know and figured out a way to turn it into more of an experiential kind of learning. So the way we have it now is it's almost like an amazing race sort of thing um, where they have different sections they have to go to and at each section it has a, a concept that they have to learn maybe it's about campus security um, but it has some kind of game like not to give too much away but the one that um, I've been in charge of kind of setting up and everything talks about being able to balance your different extracurriculars and so it's basically a minute to win it game where they have to hold a curtain rod and balance these hangers without letting them go to either side and each hanger is going to be labeled with um athletics or academics or different things that yeah. they'll have to balance while they're a college student and so it kind of theoretically will teach them some of these concepts in a way that's fun and everybody is separated into teams and they're all competing against one another and so it should be just a, a blast of an experience um to meet more students and to learn what they need to learn while they're here um and instead of just like sitting and having somebody lecture at them so um that's one of the things that the committee has done is organizes all these different um sections and it's been it's been really fun really exciting i'm looking forward to it i love to get to talk to them because for me, yeah. I almost feel like I know some of these students because I see their posts on this group all day long. I I know what they're worried about. I know which friends they have made on there because I can see which ones yeah, they yeah, talk yeah. to the most, which is kind of stalkery, I guess. Yeah. But whatever. Um, it's so, your job. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so I love wait. that I get the chance at orientation to see the fruit of the labor because that's really what it is. We've been after these students for a year and then we finally get to see them and have them on campus and know that we have done our job and done it well. So, um, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. I'm, I'm a fan and theoretically they'll recognize me whenever they get on campus too. That's true. That's um, true. I didn't really think about that, but, but right. yeah, they, they will have, have known you. And at least seen my name. People. I feel like I should wear a giant sign or something that has my name and my Facebook profile picture on yeah. it and be like, look, this is me. Yeah. But, Cause it needs to be your profile picture. That way they're like, oh, okay. Yeah. It should. Yes. That's her. Or I'll wear whatever I'm wearing in my profile picture. I don't, I don't know, but it could be fun. Cool, cool. Um, well, obviously, you were, were a student here at the University of mm -hmm. Columbus before you became the, the admissions social media coordinator. And, and I was wondering if you could just tell, tell the listeners a little bit about how you ended up where you are today. Obviously, um, you were very involved in, in both the theater productions and also in UCTV 19. Mm -hmm. uh, I know you uh, did some, some work at WBIR. Um, and you ended up actually somehow back here at the University of Cumberland <laughs> yeah. as an employee, which is something I can really relate to. Um, <laughs> but, but how did that happen for you? Yeah, um, it was it was totally a God thing. Um, I had, as a student, I came to UC thinking I was going to do a lot of musical theater, run off to Broadway and be a star. That was my plan. It still um, could happen. It still could happen. I'm thinking I may have a future as a character actress. We'll see. But... Um, so that was my original intention. And then my sophomore year, I made a friend who got me really involved in the communications department, both in mm -hmm. TV19 and WCCR. Um, and I think I even wrote for the newspaper for like a semester. Um, I don't really remember what I did much there. So, oops. Um, but anyway, so it got me involved balance. there. It is it is balanced. You can't do everything. Um, so I got, while I was a student, I was still doing theater, um, but I became super involved in, in television and really started enjoying um, uh, the position of a producer who essentially, you know, writes up what the anchors read and organizes the news program. And, um, 
I, I loved it. I loved the control aspect of it. I loved the kind of adrenaline part of it when you're calling the show and, and, and queuing yeah. everything up. And um, actually, one of the former professors from the communications department helped me get an internship with WBIR Channel 10 down in Knoxville, um, which is a really phenomenal station. Mm-hmm. I really encourage people to... Um, continue pursuing that station as a learning area because I learned so much um went there for a summer internship went back the next summer for another internship and by that summer I was actually had the chance to produce the news a couple of times so I could say that I wrote an entire half hour show and had it go on air um and called it with professionals and it was one of the most terrifying experiences of my life and I, I don't mean that lightly like it was terrifying um, I didn't stop shaking for a solid 20 to 30 minutes afterward because it was terrifying. And oh my gosh, the anchors, I felt so bad for them. At one point, she was in the middle of reading off the teleprompter right, right. and doing her job and we had something change. And so I started talking into her ear and it, you're not supposed to do that. <laughs> so hey. until they pause, that way they can comprehend <laughs> what you're saying and not get distracted. And so it totally threw her off. I felt awful and she's very experienced and handled it really well but it was definitely one of those yes you're new at this you really don't know what you're doing um but a moment moment to learn definitely a moment to learn and it was a wonderful experience um and I, you know, I was planning on graduating the following December after that internship and um, had talked to them very thoroughly and they were very interested in hiring me as a morning producer, which was exactly what I wanted to do. Um, and December rolled around and the opening that they had been planning on putting me in wasn't available and didn't look like it was going to be available for several months to follow. And so I'm three weeks from graduation and thinking, okay, what am I going to do with my life? And I'd um, transitioned work studies to work under the new social media coordinator position that they'd formed in multimedia Mm -hmm. and had been working with him for that semester and was really liking that kind of atmosphere. And then right before I graduated, I was um, approached by the university and they said, you know, we want to form this new position in admissions, doing something very similar to what you've been doing. You come highly recommended. We would love to offer you this job to start right away in January. And I took a long, hard look at the job market and I looked at my experiences in television and realized that though I loved it, it's hard. And not that my job isn't challenging, but it is, it is hard on your soul, (laughs) if that makes any sense. It's a lot of stress every single day. And I realized that while I loved it and would probably, and would probably do a pretty good job at it, it would take years off my life and it wasn't necessarily what I needed to pursue. And so I chose to take the job at the university instead and it has 100% been the opportunity that I needed to pursue um, I learned so much from television about myself and how to organize things and how to work with people so much of that is answering phone calls by the yeah. way yeah. <laughs> and, and picking up tips and following leads and all that kind of stuff even though I wasn't you know an MMJ a multimedia journalist um, mm-hmm. I learned so much from that that I've then put into this job. But um, so that's the story. It was a total turnaround from mm-hmm. what I thought I was going to be pursuing, but it's been 100% the best choice that I could have made. Um, I I love it. I love my job. And it's actually helped uh, segue me into grad school, which I had never considered. Yeah. Um, so it's it's been a wild ride and it's very far from where I was whenever I moved here in 2008. But I, I like it and it's been it's been cool. I think that is cool, but I think, you know, 
that tends to be the story with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And I think, especially for, for younger listeners, I would just say that, that if you ask the average person in their mid-20s, mid-30s, mid-40s, on and on and on, did you expect to be where you are right now doing <laughs> yeah. what you're doing? It would be almost absurd for somebody to say yes. So right. just kind of just be open for, for whatever might come your way. Um, you mentioned uh, continuing studies, um, mm-hmm. and you were studying at uh, WVU, is that yeah, right? Yeah, West Virginia University. And what are you studying exactly there? Integrated Marketing Communications. It's their IMC program. Okay. Um, it's awesome. <laughs> I know that seems silly to say, but I absolutely love it. It basically takes uh, traditional advertising and methods and all of all of that radio television and then mixes it with public relations and then digital media and social media and teaches you how to create an integrated strategy that utilizes all of these things um in a variety of ways and it teaches you all of the basics you know about advertising and um a creative strategy and um just gosh the class i just took was um market research maybe that I took last spring and so it teaches you a lot of things on that end and audience insight and how to identify and then it also teaches you how to integrate all the current things with the old stuff and it's just it's so much fun and it's a phenomenal program I couldn't I couldn't recommend it higher and it's completely online which is why I can go to school in West Virginia <laughs> uh, and then how fitting I mean for that program to be online I mean if yes. there's going to be an online online program I think that fits it very does. cool uh, well, I, I had uh, this next segment planned and did not tell you about it in advance. That's great. Um, so we're going to try to stump the, the social media expert here. Oh, uh, no. And uh, <laughs> what I'm going to do is is uh, share with you some situations that have happened, real-life situations within okay. the world of social media, uh, where a company or organization's social media manager made a huge mistake. Okay. Uh, and then um, I'm just going to ask you, what should they have done differently uh-huh. and how do they recover from this mistake okay, okay. all right um, and some of these are fairly kind of heavy i don't want to yeah, minimize you know the the, uh-huh. the problem here um, right. so we'll go through three or four of these okay sure fun. sure um so um obviously um there are uh lots of different apps that you can use to to schedule um, a post to schedule something in advance and yes. say, um, let's say next next Friday, I want my I don't Twitter post to say this at nine o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. so that you don't have to get up as a social media manager and type in at nine o'clock in the morning. Obviously, you yes. know that, but I want to make yeah. sure our listeners knew that before I explained what happened. Um, and so, uh, one of the the uh, People associated with the NRA uh, account, uh, the uh, American Rifleman, a journal that's affiliated uh, with the NRA, uh, posted a, a pre-scheduled pro-gun tweet uh, that came shortly after the uh, tragic shooting at the uh, movie theater in Aurora, Colorado. Again, they had scheduled it in advance, uh, probably at, at least a week in advance by their noting. Um, so on that Friday morning after that horrible shooting, yeah, um, it shows night. up mm-hmm. on, uh, it, it looks like at 9.20 a.m., a good morning shooters, happy Friday, weekend plans, um, scheduled. Yeah. Um, and got 28 retweets and four favorites. So there are also a lot of people, you know, spreading that mm-hmm. message. Um, like I said, free scheduled, uh, in this case, through Hootsuite, mm-hmm. um, but obviously struck a nerve and, and offended a lot of people. Um, let's start with um, what should they have done differently and then how in the world should they have <laughs> How did he come that? back from that? Um, you know, scheduling, scheduling uh, social media posts is a... 
It's a coordinator by coordinator basis. It really depends on how much time you have to devote to it. Because for a lot of companies, they don't have a sole social media coordinator to take on this job. It's just a small piece of what other people do. And so scheduling posts is a very convenient thing to do. Um, however, there's obviously the huge chance that something like this could happen. Really, I think there was a communication error between Certainly. the higher-ups as soon as that happened Thursday night. I mean, we are, news today flies. If right. something happens, everyone knows within seconds. I, I, there have been times where I've gotten a phone call at 11 o'clock at night from somebody saying, hey, we've got this breaking on Twitter. We need you to address it. Um, that just happens. As a social media coordinator, as somebody who runs social media, you are expected to, your job doesn't really stop, and that's just what you accept. And so whoever had been running that should have been aware of it before it ever went out and should have taken it down. Um, they needed to know what content they had going out and be aware of of the effect it could have. And so that is, that's one thing that, to be honest, I'm pretty concerned with, and we'll talk about Kenya later, but I'm leaving for two weeks. And there is going to be some things that I do schedule because they need to be out there right, and I need right. to keep that content flowing. But um, I'm also going to make sure that one of the counselors has a complete idea of what is going out there and how everything's going to work. And so she's going to be monitoring that for me, making sure that if something happens, we can address it. Now, um, so really, as soon as the shooting happened, they should have known. Yeah. and been on that um that's just part of the job tough luck if somebody wakes you up in the middle of the night you you got to do it um and in today's world there's really and i and i say this knowing that i'm probably going to bite the bullet for it at some point in my life too um you can't miss it you you mm -hmm. just can't it's too much of a pr misstep to to do something like that so as far as recovery um their first the first step is is a genuine apology and that they, is, they did do that, by the way. Yeah, that needs to come out immediately. Um, and don't delete it. I know this is this is also a controversial thing, and also Cause, everything cause I'm saying the, is just my opinion. They did delete it later that afternoon, and I actually decided, because they got so much bad press, to just delete the entire account by right. the end of the day. Right, um, and you may have to do that. Like, you have to, and I've seen a lot, that happened to a lot of personal individuals that have said things yeah. and then said, oh, you know, I can't deal with this, and they delete all of their social media profiles. Um, on... At the beginning, before it happens, you you had to kind of use your best judgment. You need to know your audience, and you need to know the situation. And this kind of a situation, that is going to strike a nerve with a lot of people. It's going to offend a lot of people. Um, and so you have to make the choice. Do you take down the tweet? Do you not take down the tweet? Um, how much is it going to make a bigger deal to take it down than it would to leave it up and fess up to it? Um you also have to consider, um, okay, do we fire the person that did it? Right. Um, do we, how do, how do we handle that? And then you need to be transparent, as, as transparent as possible. That is an expectation that is global at this point. There's no privacy anymore. <laughs> you And they expect it even more from companies. And so if you need to keep people in the loop with what you're doing and say, you know, we are addressing this situation in this way. We are, it's like, oh gosh, something happened with a, oh, it was Dairy Queen. Somebody was caught drinking one of the Dairy, out of one of the Dairy Queen soft serve machines and took a picture of it and put it on the internet. And next thing you know, Wendy, oh, it was Wendy's. It was Wendy's yeah. and not Dairy Queen. Um, It was this big uproar because it's unsanitary. Yeah. Da, 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 da. And so Wendy's is out there saying, you know, we've taken care of this person. We've done this, that, and the other. Um, 
you just you have to be transparent about it and let your audience know that you are making it that you are trying to address the situation um and okay. then you try to rebuild you you try yeah. to make them know help people know that you're not evil and watch yourself even yeah. more closely in the future Okay, uh, th- three more, and, and we'll go through these a little bit quicker just for oh, the sake sorry. of time. And that's, that's okay, because your answer, I think, will be similar in some way. So um, just what should they have done differently? Let's just deal with that question. Okay. Because um, I think your advice is, is pretty pretty good for all of these, because these are uh, among, by the way, if you're interested in these, among the 11 biggest social media disasters of 2012 is, is <laughs> uh, ranked by Mashable. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's the... the uh, fashion store celeb boutique who also posted uh, back in, in July after the Aurora shooting hashtag Aurora is trending clearly about our Kim K inspired hashtag Aurora dress which they were selling an Aurora white dress and shop and then they included the link to the where you could buy the Aurora white dress from celebboutique.com using the hashtag more than once without looking why the hashtag was other, actually trending, was, yeah. Know, which just takes about three seconds. But what, what should they have done differently? It seems obvious, but tell us anyway. Gosh, don't use a hashtag if you don't know what it is. Yeah. That's one thing that um, if you're, and that's, we try to come up with our own hashtags. But one of the first things I do is make sure no other university is using them. Right. Um, it's like we have one, it's Patriot Pride 2017 right now and um, that's what we're encouraging our students to use but we had to make sure first that people aren't using that because one thing that we ran into with the Patriot Pride is that the New England Patriots much (laughs) people are using that there are tons of high school sports teams all over the country that are the Patriots and so it you have to make sure that whatever hashtag you're using is belongs to you or at least is started by you and isn't something else so they just yeah you got to pay attention you can't just jump on a bandwagon like that and assume it has something to do with you even if you're trying to be funny you just you got to be careful <laughs> yeah, yeah um and and so insensitive my goodness yeah yeah excuse me let's talk about uh, KitchenAid uh back in October of last year um as, as you know, a lot of people have personal accounts and then accounts uh, on Twitter and Facebook that they manage. And sometimes you mm-hmm. can get those mixed up. Uh, and so what happened in October of 2012, uh, after President Obama mentioned his grandmother during the first presidential debate uh, in October, uh, the kitchen appliance manufacturer, KitchenAid, posted a tweet to uh, 24,000 followers on Twitter. Obama's grandma even knew it was going to be bad. She died three days before he became president. Oh, um, Gosh, what, what, I remember what that. had happened was uh, a member of the KitchenAid team that had access to the KitchenAid Twitter account thought she was posting or he was posting uh, in the personal Twitter handle, but actually posted as the company. Um, they removed it. They issued an apology um, and uh, promptly fired this person as well. Um, but but how do you avoid getting those accounts mixed up? You're careful, or you don't link the accounts. Like it's that is one of my number one most terror things I'm terrified of as far as work is concerned because in Hootsuite in particular that's also the the manager that I use. Um, it's a click of a button. It's if your thumb happens to click the wrong one, especially if you're on mobile and not on their um, yeah. uh, platform on the computer. It's so easy to click the wrong one or to be on the wrong, and it lays all of your different accounts next to each other, which is really convenient whenever you're managing three or four accounts, right. which I do. So I do, I do as well. So I right, understand that. it's very it's very easy to get things confused. <laughs> 
you have to be careful. And then, to be honest, you need to watch what you're saying on your own personal accounts anyway. Yeah. If yeah. you're about to say something very inflammatory, I would be triply, quadruply careful because you're still associated with that that group and you just you have to be careful it's not even worth saying or doing or anything um when you have when you're that close to a situation it's just no 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 no. (laughs) um my last question is is more of a personal one something that Mm -hmm. happened to me um it was late at night i was was slow cooking a chicken for the next day um you can make fun of me later because i know it's a strange (laughs) thing to be doing um late at night and i posted i need a bigger slow cooker um because I had to elbow drop this thing to get it in the, the slow cooker in the crock pot, just just being silly. And I posted that out essentially as a tweet. And within like five minutes, I got a tweet from the official Walmart account saying, oh, you need a new crock pot? We have all these different crock pots on sale. And I didn't tag at crock pot. I didn't um, mention Walmart by name at all in no way. Yeah. Nor had I ever mentioned the uh, Walmart Twitter account. And they messaged me and, and tried to sell me a crock pot. Um, and so that's that's not wrong, I guess. But I found it odd. I was just curious what you thought about that. <laughs> yeah, that's a little weird. Um, I, but I suppose it's no weirder than... <sighs> I don't know. That happened to me with GE once, General Electric. Um, I had posted about going to work out or something like that, and they sent me a tweet that said, we celebrate your dedication to fitness, and we want to send you this free water bottle. And I was like, yes, send me a free water bottle. But they just are watching certain keywords, and I'm sure they have a whole staff that anytime they see certain things, sends it on out. And while it could be, I'm sure it's, I don't know what the stats would be as far as, is it half and half effective? Half the people think you're yeah. crazy. Half the people are like, oh, thanks. I need a new slow cooker. I'm going to go get one. Because it was like 1.30 in the morning and it's like, um, I understand that there are a lot of other people tweeting right now if you're like <laughs> trying to respond to people. It's just really strange. And, and I yeah. proceeded to, to have all my friends tweet them and ask them to give me a free crock pot and, and no offense <laughs> to the company. Um, it didn't work, but it was also my grand experiment to say, you know, if you really want me to have a bigger crock pot, you can make that happen. <laughs> you, you can make um, that happen. It, and it, it would do it great did, things. It didn't work out, but it was worth a shot. Um, so I yeah. just thought I would mention that. That's really interesting. Because I think that's when you were, were taking a, a hiatus from social media is when that happened. Oh, well, thank yeah. you for sharing all yeah. the things that I missed. I don't even know how I survived for five weeks like that. Some crazy things happened to me, and I could not share them with you at the time. I'm so sad. I got a bunch of free toothpaste from Tom's. We did talk about that, though. Oh, yeah, I remember yeah. that. See, so, listen, I'm all Tom's about giving away free stuff over social media. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, well, we're going to take a quick break, and uh, when we get back, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Jordan's upcoming trip to Kenya uh, mm-hmm. and talk a little bit about the Miles of Smiles Children's Home as well. So we'll be back in about 40 seconds. You're listening to The Big Interview Show right here on 94.5 The Crossroads.
Welcome back. You are listening to the big interview show with me, Jeremiah, right here on the Crossroads. Today's guest, Jordan Gunther, the admissions social media coordinator at the University of the Cumberland. Thanks again for being on the show. Uh, you are planning a trip to Kenya yes. here in uh, the very near future. I think you said it in a couple weeks. Um, uh, is that indeed to the Miles of Smiles uh, children's home? Yes, we will be spending seven days there, um, but we're going to be in Africa for a total of two weeks. We actually leave on Sunday. Oh, this Sunday. Yes, like six, five days. Oh, wow. Many. Yeah. Wow. Um, so, so how did you get involved in, in that trip to Africa? Because if I'm being honest, I don't know that. I know a few people. They're probably listening. Uh, I, but, uh, I don't know that many people that travel to Africa. How did that kind of come about? And, and what are you going to be doing uh, while you're there? Yeah, um, it's... It is a pretty cool story. Um, I'm, wow. Okay, so when I first started working in the admissions office, um, my counselor, <laughs> who had been my admissions counselor when mm -hmm. I came in 2008, was working there. And her name is Amanda, and she's wonderful. She and is wonderful. it's also her birthday today or tomorrow. I can't remember which. She's listening, and mm. I feel so bad that I can't remember if it's today or tomorrow. But Maybe happy Facebook birthday anyway. Facebook will tell me. Um, so anyway, uh, she started, you know, dropping these hints throughout my whole first year. Hey, you know, you should think about going to Africa. You know, just these little things. No, no, there's no way I'm going to go. No way I'm going to go. Um, I just, I'm not, I'm into social media and big cities and <laughs> da, 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 da. Why would I go to Africa. Um, By the way, her birthday is today. So it is today. Birthday, okay, Amanda. good. Happy birthday, Amanda. Um, so anyway, I know she's going to a game tomorrow, so I can't remember if it was tomorrow or not. But anyway. anyway Facebook anyway. says it's today. Continue. So Facebook for the win. Um, anyway, so she started like introducing me to um, 127 Worldwide, which is the name of the organization that we're going with. Um, and just kind of showing me just some of the different things that they'd been doing. And at one point they finished up their promotional video and we sat down and watched it. It was like maybe seven or seven or eight o'clock in the evening. We were working late one night in late November, early December. And it just rocked my heart. Like mm. I watched it and I was like, man, and I'd been, I'd been just, I just finished up my second bimester of class and really feeling passionate about marketing. And I was watching this video. I'm thinking, you know, I am learning skills that could so have a benefit to this organization and to a lot of nonprofits out there. But if I want to help, I need to see what they're doing and more than a video and more than just hearing somebody talk about it. If I'm going to turn it into compelling marketing and get other Americans involved in, in this I need to be there no matter how afraid I am about the fundraising and the bugs and all the other stuff. Yeah. I need to do this. And it was such a strong pull in my heart. And it was like, I just decided something just clicked in me. And I said, Oh my gosh. And I looked at me and I was like, I'm going, that's it. I, I need to be there. And she's like, yeah, I know. I've been thinking this for a while. Like she, she knew it was coming. Yeah, she, yeah. she was on the ball. Um, and so, yeah, in January I started fundraising and I'll be honest, that was the hardest part. Yeah terrified. I'm not, I do not like to ask people for money. I am very a self-sufficient person. I like to think, um, or at least I like to be pretend I'm self-sufficient. I, I, I do. Um, but you know, after not raising a, a dollar for the first three months I was fundraising in the span of three weeks, the whole amount came in. Wow. And it was That's amazing. It was, it was so incredible, incredible and such a blessing. Um, I just, it was definitely the sign I was looking for that. Yes, I'm on the right path and you need to be going and doing this. And the support I had for my Cumberland mm. family and friends, like it's just, it's been outstanding. Um, and you know, my family has been so 
so supportive. I sat down at, around Christmas with my grandmother and my mom and my dad and I was like, okay, I think I'm going to Africa. And they all went, okay, well, <laughs> let's yeah. talk about this. And we're just so supportive from the very beginning. Um, my mom and I went out and bought toiletries and spent $30 on sunscreen so I don't come back with, you know, some horrible disease. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's been an incredible journey to this point and something I never thought I would pursue. Like I said, I'm very... I'm very European. I like cities. I like, um, Africa has never been like that, but over the last few weeks and months, it's, it's just been an incredible yeah. journey and I'm so excited to, to go and, um, love on these kids and at the miles for smiles children's home. And, um, and then the other things that we're going to be doing while we're there, um, it's going to be cool. It's going to be quite, that's great. That's yeah. great. And I think it's cool. Like just how an open door is and how obvious, you know, that is that, that you're supposed to go. And I think, I think there's just a, you know, a, a lot that, that we can learn kind of from your story about having faith and, and taking yeah. a leap and, and all those sorts of things. Yeah. I mean, I had up on, I've been, I guess, February, I put up a piece of scripture on my wall that, you know, um, <laughs> about, about faith and grain of a mustard seed and moving mountains. And if you just have that little bit of faith, you can do it. And I, every time I felt myself start to doubt, I looked at it and I read it. And even though I was like, Oh, I don't know if this is going to happen. It just, it, it got, it got me through and Amanda's continual support and Hey, just trust God with us. He's going to take care of it. And you just got to have faith. And, and he did. And even, even now he's still providing and directing and, um, showing me different ways that I'm going to be able to use this experience. Um, Amanda and I have been invited to talk to, um, some students here at UC and in BCM and, um, after we get back and then, uh, at maybe a convocation or to some yeah. of the religion classes. So, um, there's going to be a lot of different ways for us to then share our stories when we get back and, um, reach out to those that are also interested in, in 127. And for me that maybe don't think about missions like that. They're like, Oh yeah. no, I could never go to Africa. No, wait, if this is something you have a, a calling to do, then you need to do it. You yeah. need to listen to that and, and pursue it, even though you're scared and uncertain. Um, mm -hmm. So it's, it's been a great adventure. That's great. That's yeah. great. And, and it will change your life. It will, it will change many other people's lives. Well, I can't wait um, to come back and tell everybody about it. Cause I, I, I'll tell you everybody, if, if you say yes, if you practice saying yes instead of saying no, mm -hmm. um, you'll have so many cool opportunities and, and, Absolutely. and uh, you'll make a big difference. Very cool. Uh, well, Jordan, we're going to take another quick break and when we get back, uh, we'll switch gears yet again as we head to the, the speed round, yes. the 20 questions round so looking forward to, to this close part. out uh, our um, list today. Today is the 18th, the, yeah. the June 18th edition of the big interview show. Listening to the big interview show right here on WCCR 94.5. And as a part of the big interview show, uh, we ask the same 20 questions to each and every guest, whether they are a social media coordinator and heading to Kenya or something completely different. Here are your 20 questions. Are you ready, Jordan? Yes, let's go. Okay, let's talk about it. We got about 15 minutes and 20 questions. So um, that's that's some math, but that also means going fast. I'm just going to talk fast. Okay. Um, and you prepared. I, I have. Okay. Oh, yeah, I'm ready. You have notes, I think. Yes. <laughs> okay, that'll help too. Uh, what is the latest book or movie that made you cry? Left Neglected by Lisa Genova. It's about a woman whose brain essentially forgets that left 
exists. And it's what? her, yeah, it's like anything off that side, off of that side just doesn't exist for her. People can tell her, look, you have a left hand and she does not, she cannot acknowledge that it exists. She has to find it in order to, it's crazy and it made me cry and it was wonderful. Is it fiction? Uh, yes, but it's based off a real disease that actually exists called left neglect. That sounds intense. Um, what fictional character is most like you? This was really hard, but I know a lot of people say this. Probably Hermione Granger. Um, she's smart and strong and awesome, and but she's also brave, kind, and vulnerable, and all these other wonderful adjectives. And maybe, I don't know, I don't think she's like me. I think I want to be like her. But I think yes. you identify with her. I do. I really do. And after that whole thing with the house elves that wasn't in the movie, I wish was. But she just she cares about people and pursues her cause. And it's just awesome. Okay. you got 15 se- seconds. Tell us about the house elves and, and not in the movie. Because I oh, don't remember. The, the house elves. She um, starts this little organization that um, wants freedom for the house elves that work at Hogwarts. Oh, okay. Yeah. And um, wants them to stop working in the kitchens and get their freedom and all of the stuff. And it's adorable. And everybody thinks she's crazy because she just doesn't understand how it is in the wizarding world they're just house elves yeah. but for her it's it's slavery it's this cause and she just pursues pursues it and it's wonderful cool cool um let's see we are on uh, question number three the greatest album ever is i couldn't tell you i can't really judge albums because the music i listen to is um musicals mostly so i couldn't tell you what the greatest album is do you have a favorite uh, musical soundtrack then or a couple That's of like asking me to choose a favorite child. I like Next to Normal, Wicked, and Title of Show, and Catch Me If You Can. Yeah. Nope. Couldn't do it. Okay. <laughs> um, Star Trek or Star Wars? Star Wars. No Wh- question. Why? Because it's Star Wars. Okay. It was my first, and I can't. Like, I saw it way before I ever saw Star Trek, so no comparison. What's one way that we can make a positive difference in this world? Uh, search out your strengths and then use them to help people. Don't worry about the things that you're not good at or the things that somebody is better than you at. Um, it's a waste of time. Find out what you can do your best at and then help people with it. I like that. Find out what you were born to do and what you're good at and then just do lots of that. Yeah. <laughs> What's something most people don't know about you, Jordan? Uh, my favorite condiment is buffalo sauce and ranch mixed together. <laughs> it's delicious. So, so tangent. Um, so obviously that that's really good with like wings. Do you put that on other things? Everything. <laughs> really? Absolutely anything. You can put it on hamburgers. You can put it on so hot dogs. Much. You can eat it with French fries, which is a particular favorite. Um, I dip carrots into it, or um, yeah, anything. Okay. I think it's delicious. If you would put, if you could dip this thing or put ketchup on this thing, then I put buffalo and ranch on this thing. Interesting. Yes. Interesting. Um, what do you think about Jesus' claims to be the way, the truth, and the life? Um, I think it's about direction. Uh, the question that came, I, I went and read it so I could, you know, just rethink about that a little bit. Um, is Thomas asks, how will we know the way? And Jesus responds, I am the way. And I just, I love it. It's about direction. We spend our whole lives looking for a purpose and for a direction. And it is one sentence straightforward. This is all you need to live your life by. It's just powerful and it's sweet. How do you relieve stress? How do you deal with stress, Jordan? Um, I wish I could say I turned to something like yoga or ballet all the time, both of which I do and I love. Interesting. Um, however, the thing that calms me down the most is uh, <laughs> preparing, to be honest. Um, I was feeling very uncertain about this whole Kenya thing last weekend. Yeah. But as soon as I started packing and making lists and getting everything together, I felt so much more in control of both myself and the situation. Um 
and it made me feel a whole lot better and much less stressed about it once I had everything lined up and in order and taken care of. What accomplishment as of now are you most proud of? Going to England by myself for three weeks. I know that's probably not like an accomplishment really, but um, it it was such a journey of self-growth for me and that transition from being a college student to being an adult and learning how to care for myself um, and uh, (laughs) navigate train stations with no one there to tell me or, and really no cell phone to point me in the right direction either because I didn't take a phone with me. So it was quite, quite the adventure, but um, I learned a lot and I can't wait to do it again. (laughs) That sounds great. That sounds great. We're about halfway through here. Question number 10. What do you want to be remembered for when all is said and done? Um, I want to be remembered as somebody who loved passionately and lived honestly. Um, and that was my short and sweet version of that. Um, but everything from my hobbies to my friends and my family to other people, like, um, I want to, if I want to geek out over something I love, that I'm going to do it. I'm just going to throw myself into things that I care about and that I love, no matter what other people think. Um, and then lived honestly, um, I'm an open book. Everybody has their stories. Everybody has their ups and downs and trials and tribulations. But I want to be somebody that if you have a situation and you want to approach me about it or you have a question, that I am always going to be straight with you. And that's, that's my goal. It's not an easy one, but that is my goal. Of those who have come before you, who are the most inspirational? In other words, who are, who are your heroes? I had a really hard time thinking of one particular person, but I'm really inspired by um, caretakers of all kinds, whether they are mothers or queens, the people yeah. who um, are in a position of authority over someone else, but don't lord it over them, and they treat them with with love and compassion, and, and they just take care of people. And that is, that is something that I desire to do, whether I am... Um, <laughs> the boss of an office or a mother in a family or whatever that position is. So um, those those kinds of people inspire me. Do you have any hidden talents that you'd like to share here on the radio? No. <laughs> I really don't. That's It's the hidden part that's the sad, that's the sad thing. Um, I'm working on being more humble, but if I figure out I can do anything from balance a pencil <laughs> on my nose, I t- tend to share it with everyone I know. Um, <laughs> so I'm working on that. There's okay. not a lot of hidden talents that I have. Just, Just... Public well-known talents. That's good. Um, Yes. (laughs) What creative masterpiece do you wish bore your signature? Uh, The internet. (laughs) Yeah, I I wish I was the one who came up with the internet because it's like the... Instead of, uh, what's the joke, Al Gore, I think is what the joke is. Yeah. Yeah. um, Well, it's the the best and the worst of humanity. It's all right there on the internet. And it has so much potential. Um, I think to be able to say that I was involved in that because it has literally changed the face of the planet would be super cool. But if I had to pick something normal, probably Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen, though I wouldn't want to take that away from Jane because really Mm. her life was troubled enough. (laughs) So those would be the two. What is the best thing that you've ever bought, stole, or borrowed? Library books. Get it? Because you borrow books from Uh, the library. (laughs) See, I'm funny. Um, Just kidding. Now we know. Yep. (laughs) What? I'm trying again. What food or drink is most essential to your life? Um, you told me not to pick water, though that probably would have been my first. Everybody answer. picks water, and then, um, then this question becomes more. Yeah, and um, I refuse for that to happen. <laughs> peanut butter, actually, um, organic, all natural. If it has anything else other than peanuts and salt in it, I don't want it. But peanut butter. Is it creamy then, or is it still crunchy? It's creamy. I like creamy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, it's important to me. Yeah, me too. <laughs> okay, let's talk time travel very briefly. Where, when, and why? Everywhere and everyone. 
That was my answer. I know I'm not being just, very good at that answering That just leads you to why then. Yeah, minus minus the death and disease part. Um, Egypt before the lower and upper kingdom split. Japan with the samurai, Italian renaissance, Paris the turn of the century, England in the late 1600s, again in the early 1800s, England anytime really. And probably just because there are so many cool things happening and cultures and people that have changed the face of the earth and I want to be caught up in it. Like Paris at that turn of the century, oh my gosh, awesome things were happening in, in art and theory and it was just cool so yeah anywhere and anywhere and for whatever reason i want <laughs> good good what would you like to say this is one of these tricky questions mm-hmm. what would you like to say to the the leader of your country if, if you had the chance um i would probably i would just remind him to do his best and to not let the loud voices of the extremists drown out the quiet good sense of both parties mm. Mm. what's the best thing about living where you live oh the mountains absolutely the mountains um i'm from texas originally and it is flat there i recently went back a couple weeks ago and um it's so flat i miss my mountains (laughs) so badly um i don't know if i'll ever live someplace that's flat again it is weird because i I traveled north a couple months ago Mm -hmm. i was like oh my goodness i can see miles from here i don't like to be able to see miles and miles from here because it was flat and the sky is so big. Not that that's a bad thing. It's big and it's beautiful. It's one of the best things about Texas is because the sunsets and the sunrises are so beautiful because the sky is so big. But I just miss the mountains mm-hmm. so much. I Yeah. It may not be the Smoky Mountains or the Appalachian Mountain Range for the rest of my life, but I don't think I'll ever live someplace without mountains. Uh, we talked a little bit about this earlier, but go ahead and tell us again. What are you working on now? In other words, what dreams or goals are you chasing? Um, I'm really just trying to figure out what best, where best I can make a difference. Um, mm. I feel like I have a skill set that can be, and I'm, and gr- I'm growing a skill set that can really be helpful to a group of people and, um, and and lots of different people. So really, it's trying to figure out where best I can use those use those skills mm-hmm. and, and talents, whether that's in nonprofits with 127 and groups going to Kenya or um, higher ed. I've, I don't know. But I'm just really trying to be a good grown-up and a good citizen. <laughs> That's, those are my basic almost 23 desires in life. And you made it to the last question. Yes. What is the best piece of advice that you've actually followed? Um, I couldn't tell you who told me this, but I feel like it's been lived out by some people that I know. Um, and it's going to sound cliche, but don't be afraid to be yourself. Um I'm a lot happier geeking out over Doctor Who or taking myself to see a musical and get dinner by myself than I am trying to fit in with other people. Um, it may not be the the popular option or the cool option, but um, I love it. And it will honestly make you, make you happy. And I guess the opinions of other people do matter. I'm not going to say that they don't, but um, don't let it overpower your sense of self because that's what's going to get you through the hard times if you... Your fake persona will not get you through the hard times, right. <laughs> but knowing who you are will. That's that's beautiful advice. Thank you so much for sharing. Thanks. I like it. I like it. It works too. for that's me. Good. Plus, it makes it okay that I spend too much time with Doctor Who. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Well, Jordan, thanks again for being a part of the big interview show and for being our guest today. I really appreciate I so you being here fun. on the show. It was wonderful. Good. good. Any anytime you need an extra host, bring me on. We'll I'll do, do it. We'll do. Well, uh, be sure and stay tuned. Jordan will be on the air for another hour with everything under the sun. Uh, that's yep. what starts at eleven o'clock with Haley. So make sure that you keep it right here on the crossroads. 
And on behalf of everybody who's been a part of the big interview show, thanks so much for listening. I hope you have a great day today and a great week ahead of you. I'll be back with you next week here on The Crossroads. You're listening to The Big Interview Show.